The Sport Industry Access Podcast, Episode 80. How important is sports management in the sports industry? Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. If you are ready to start a career in the sports industry, check out my new sports career course, which is free at educationtosport.com and go to the Start Here page today. My goal each week is to interview a special guest who is a sports expert in a specific field in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in sports management. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's show, this week's special guest is Jim O'Toole. Jim is the principal at Sports Interim, where he specialises in sports teams events, federations and national governing bodies with sports management solutions. I can happily say that I'm very fascinated about Jim's line of work and it's great to have him as a special guest on the show. That's when today's episode Jim will share his sports career journey and explain to you how important sports management is in the sports industry. Jim, it's great to have you on the show. Please, can you share your sports career journey to the listeners? When did it all start? First of all, good morning and uh, nice to chat to you. Um, I did a degree in languages in Belfast in the uh, early 80s. Uh, it was uh, one of our cyclical um, recessions and a 2-1 in Italian language and literature plus 50p got you riding the bus and not much else. So I decided I needed to do something else, uh, a little bit more vocational in postgrad, so I did a, an MSc course in tourism marketing at the University of Surrey. Uh, didn't take me long to figure out that the tourism bit wasn't really for me, but I really loved the marketing side, it was, and I was I was I was gripped by it. So I went to work for a company called Keith Prowse, uh, who are still going these days. In those days, they were the world's biggest uh, theatre and sports ticket agency, and I was their first ever graduate management trainee. Um, really interesting job. Uh, it exposed me to a number of areas of the uh, sport that I'd, I didn't know existed. So we had a, a hospitality business called Keith Prowse Super Sports. We had a weekend break company, Keith Prowse Londoners. We had a, a sports management business which owned, managed, and sold sponsorship for golf events. Um, and uh, it was a, I got my eyes open to the broader uh, sports industry. Um, I went off and got some sales experience. Came back into the to this to the. Uh, sponsorship industry, ran a couple of programs in Scotland and Ireland for a company, um, one of which um, morphed into Tea in the Park, the big music sponsorship program in Scotland, which is really interesting when you're, it's your first proper job in, in sponsorship and you're spending a million pounds of someone else's money. A uh, lot of responsibility, great project, and I got my eyes open as to how the industry worked. I then went to work for Alan Pasco for five or six years left to set up a business with a colleague. Uh, it, we were part of a bigger group who were sold 
a little bit too early into the process for us. So I left that and set up a business which we subsequently sold to WPP, which was a, a sponsored consulting business. I spent seven years in WPP working with people like Manchester United, Vodafone, Ferrari, FIFA, um, Premier League, whole host of big rights holders across all the main sports on both sides of the equation, either managing sponsorship or finding sponsors for them. So I had a 360-degree experience of how the industry works. Um, I left WPP, became chief exec of the World Powerboat Racing Championships, did that for a couple of years, had my own consultancy for a year or so, one-man band, doing my own thing. And then I did a two-year gig as chief exec of the World Match Racing Tour and Professional Sailing, traveling around the world again. Great, great uh, project. Um, after that, I consulted for a little while, and then I was at London Irish for two and a half years as commercial director uh, from where I was headhunted to go and be chief exec at Worcester Warriors uh, Premiership, Aviva Premiership Club, and had two and a half great years there. That finished in the summer, and this year I launched in October, I launched a new business called Sports Interim, which provides uh, short-term management resources for sports businesses who have a gap in their senior management resources. It's not a recruitment business, it is um, interim, uh, which doesn't really exist in sport in the UK. I find this really fascinating, Jim. Just touching back right from when you did your degree, what inspired you to work in the sports industry? Well, it was... um See, I'm, I'm kind of jealous of people today because if you want to get into the sports industry, there are 75 degrees you can do. Uh, in my day, we didn't have the vocational degrees that we have available today. Um, most people did classic degrees like a language, um, geography, history. If you're a scientist, you did chemistry, physics, biology, engineering, or whatever. Um, and the only business vocational degrees available were economics with accountancy, where you did the principles, then you went and found a job where you trained as an accountant. So I, I stumbled onto it. I actually got into the sponsorship industry on my wedding day when a good friend came up to me and said, I've just won this big piece of business in Scotland for tenants longer. Um, I can't send an Englishman up to run it. I don't know any Scottish. You're the only Irish guy I know who works in marketing. Would you fancy having a look at it? Which I did. It was fantastic. You know, I had some great experiences. Um, managing that program for tenants, uh, touring the Highlands and Islands with the Proclaimers when they launched the Sunshine on Leith album, which is far too many years ago now, but a huge uh, experience and really good fun. Um, so the, the reality of it is, when I was starting out in my career, sport marketing, sports marketing um, was a, is in its absolute infancy. Uh, there was no structured career path. There were definitely no degrees. There were no degree courses, not in the UK anyway, unless you wanted to be a PE teacher or um, sports science may just have been uh, been introduced with, well, you know, rehab, physio or whatever, but it was more of a, almost a medical thing rather than a, a sports business. So I, I'm very jealous of people these days who um, can choose their entry point into the industry by the degree that they do. So my son, for example, 17, wants to do sports, business with sports or business with event management. So I'm, I'm currently doing the uh, the whole tour around open days, having a look at universities, 
I'm, lo I'm lucky enough to have some friends and contacts who work in different universities teaching uh, sports management, sports business degrees, so I can get some inside track on what's good, bad, and ugly. And it's it's a complete eye opener to me. You know, I've been to does my own in universities, but I've been to some really good uh, presentations with him, where the tutors of the course leaders are describing my job and my life when they're trying to persuade these kids to come and uh, work in their or to, to take their courses. Um, and the, the the degree of uh, the quality of the content, rather, of these courses blows my mind because these these people will hit the ground, absolutely hit the ground running when they leave university, um, really well prepared, and they will know um, what's expected of them when they uh, enter the workplace. I couldn't agree more with you with regards to the access from an academic perspective. Just from your experience, have you seen the sports industry develop from your experience? So, I was talking to someone yesterday about this. Um, in 1989, if I had said to a client, I think you should support or you should sponsor a um, first English first division football team, they would have looked at you as if you were mad because football had a horrendous reputation in the 80s for violence, um, poor facilities, bad behaviour, no customer engagement, no sense of it being a business. It was a club, you supported it, it took your money, you may have bought a bubble hat, a scarf, and a rattle, um, and that was about it. So 1990 was a massive turning point when the, the World Cup in Italy, we had the famous Gaza moment, which kind of humanized football and broadened it to uh, a wider audience. We also had the Taylor Report, which uh, insisted on all-seater stadiums after Hillsborough, and there was a massive transformation. At the same time, Sky came along, um, needed uh, an anchor tenant, if you like, for their network, and football was it. So the new Premier League, which, I, if I remember correctly, started in 1991-92 season, um, went unsponsored the first year, but was on Sky, and this whole satellite revolution kicked off and it's gone bananas since then. So football was the first sport really to enjoy the, um, the commercial return gradually over the years, and it's had a huge knock-on effect to um, other sports. So I think the big change is has been the commercialization of the sport, the fact that people have recognized that sport is an industry. It's an industry like any other that you need training for, you need education in, you've, you've got to have experience, correct experience. Uh, in the early days of the 90s, it was all about a commercial manager selling a few advertising boards, hospitality package, and um, an advert in the program. Now, we have an extremely complex set of uh, relationships between the federation that runs an event, so for example, in football Premier League, the individual clubs, which are businesses with a footprint not only in the UK, where the local support is, or their national support, but globally, through um, the global TV coverage um, that it generates, the broadcaster and their relationship with, it, with the supporters, the supporters and their relationship with their, with their club, and that is all a very complex set of interrelated relationships which require management, but more importantly and firstly, understanding. So the 
the quality of data understanding and analysis that's uh, relevant or prevalent in the, in the sport today is a million miles away from where it was in the early 90s, late 90s. And data and content are the two crucial elements of, of uh, marketing any sports uh, uh, entity at the moment. Um, so I, I'm constantly stunned by the the sheer innovation that comes out of the industry, mostly targeted at helping uh, rights holders or clubs or sports businesses understand the customers, engage with them on their terms, give them the content that they want, all with a view to monetizing it and deepening the relationship between the, the, the rights holder and their fan. Just on a personal factor, Jim, what core skills have supported you throughout the, your experience so far? I'd say my... My strongest skills have always been relationship management, whether it's management of staff, sponsors, uh, rights holders. Um, somebody has to sell something in this industry. I also have a big argument with the people in the conferences, etc. But this argument that sales is dead and marketing is, has taken over. Well, I disagree. Um, somebody has to sell something before somebody has to, somebody can buy it because very few purchasers of rights or partnerships or whatever, walk in your door, knock your door down and say, um, please can I spend a couple of million quid with you. Somebody has to reach out and target those people, engage with them, listen to them, see what their needs are, and if you're right for them, create a solution that uh, addresses their needs and provides partnership and then revenue for you. So uh, I think salesmanship is crucial in our industry. Um, Some people are a lot better at it than others. Many people are much better at it than I am, um, but it's about relationships. I think um, it, it's a it's a small industry. Relationships are key. Um, there's an old saying that you have to leave them laughing, and if you don't leave people laughing at the end of your relationship in this industry, it will come back and bite you, um, because you'll meet the same people sooner or later in uh, one guise or another. So I think relationships are crucial. Um, I think a tip for young people coming into the, the industry is you have to be able to build your network early. And the sooner you're out there introducing yourself and making connections, the better. And you will never know where someone that you meet from a a sport or a, an area of the industry that you've no interest in or you don't think you'll ever um, do any work in. People move and it goes back to that point about relationships. Uh, you can build relationships with people they'll stand you in very good stead throughout your career Jim that is a really great piece of advice just relating to today's main topic then how important is sports management in the sports industry well it's I think it's more a question of how important is management generally in the, in the sports industry um, we we are seeing a whole new level of sophistication of uh, general management in sports um, it wasn't too long ago that the industry was populated by former players of whatever sport who uh, finished playing, didn't quite know what to do with themselves, took a commercial job at their local football, rugby, cricket club or whatever, and used their fame and name um, to generate relationships with, with local corporates. All changed now. Um, you've got people who are not only trained properly from an early age, 
but who have worked in other industries, whether it's FMCG, financial services, B2B marketing, B2C marketing, who are coming into the sport and bringing skills that uh, that old variant don't have. Uh, it's a good thing. You know, it, it freshens it up. I mentioned earlier the whole data analysis um, piece. You know, these are the guys who at school would have been the geeks or the nerds. Well, all the other geeks and nerds these days, because they're the guys who can tell you which segment of your database you should be, you should be speaking to at which time of day, offering them what sort of content you're going to drive business and long-term happiness for your for your business. So, what inspired you to set up your own business now? Because by accident, actually, I um, I, fi- I finished um at Warriors in the summer. Had a couple of months off. September. I was approached about a couple of jobs, neither of which were quite right for me geographically, but it was they were interesting <coughs> processes to go through. Um, I then got to September and thought, mm, better do something here. I want to see if you headhunters, uh, when you're chief executive MD level, the jobs are few and far between and there's, there's real competition for them. So I thought, well, I better get busy. And I chanced upon this idea of um, interim solutions in sport, which nobody is doing properly extensively in the UK yet. Most of the recruiters will do a bit of it, but nobody's focusing on it. So I decided to launch um, Sports Interim as a, uh, a solution. Uh, it's taken a little bit of while for people to uh, get it. Once they get it, they realize, oh, that's a good idea. That means I don't actually have to hire somebody or pay a consultant or consultancy. I can bring in talent on tap for uh, the length of time and the number of days a week, a month or whatever that, that I require, it's on demand. I pay a day rate plus expenses. When I'm finished with them, we shake hands and move on. It's like a Hollywood movie production, job done. See you on the next one and off you go. So a little bit slow to start, but I expected that. And um, yeah, it's taken off. First first three or four projects all in the books now. Uh, working for a variety of people for a variety of uh, lengths of time and uh on different projects, so it's, uh, it's gone okay. What have you been up to recently, and what are your plans for 2018? Well, first of all, in Sports Interim, the, the, the plan is to build that, and I've got uh, potential investors in it who want to take it to another level and to plug me into a broader uh, set of resources and um, business engines that they have. So that's quite interesting. Uh, I'll see whether I want to do that or whether we keep going doing what I'm doing at the moment. Um, because I'm working with some decent clients, and more importantly, I've got a, a good group of people behind me who can do the work. Um, I, I'll do what I can do, but you, you can't be in two places at once. So I've been lucky in that. My, it goes back to the relationships. My network have found out about it, and they're keen to get a piece of it. And on their terms, they can work, whether it's full-time for three months or three days a week for six months, whatever. So um, good people that I trust to put in there to do as good, as good a job as I could. That's quite exciting watching people do that because you're involved, but you're not actually doing it. Um, so I guess the other the simple answer to your question is try and grow this business as, as quickly as possible. Have some fun doing it. And I've got a couple of other business ideas that I'm looking at, not not, not totally dissimilar to the sports interim, um, one which is quite exciting. So I'm, I'm working on that at the same time with a couple of other uh, old contacts. And we'll see where that takes us. Jim, what have you enjoyed the most from your career journey, looking back when you did that language degree to where you are now? I've been really lucky to work on some brilliant projects. I think um, one of the most intense 
unrewarding things I've ever worked on was when AIG sponsored Manchester United 2006. So they um, they did the deal and then they went looking for an agency to pull it together. So we were appointed on 1st of June and we launched it the day after the World Cup final in Hong Kong um, in 14th of July, I think it was. So six weeks of a really, really intense um, long days, long long weekends work, but to get that to a stage where we could actually launch it to a global corporation through their, their Asian um, routes. Uh, that was that was a fantastic program to work on, and we did some really good work. I mean, AIG, I never forget, one of the, um, the first derby match of the AIG sponsorship of United, uh, they did a program in Korea where they give all the assets that they had for the game to the two companies in Korea to do a huge 13-week sales promotion round. And without getting the actual figures of it, it's probably still confidential, but in, in Korea alone, they generated half, in profits from the promotion, half of the annual rights fee for their Man United uh, sponsorship. One market, one match, 13 weeks. 50%, phenomenal. And the scale of their business was intense. It was all about uh, providing um, a sales force with an incentive. So if you, if you imagine taking that and applying it across all of the markets, the four years of the deal, the revenue they, they would have driven from it, a phenomenal example of a company taking a big asset, plugging it into their system, uh, putting some really good motivational uh, incentive programs in place for their, their staff, um, and their agents really rewarding thing to watch it sort of relates to what you said right from the start understanding the use of content and data and I feel like we're at a great stage of the interview where I'd like to finish with an inspirational question what advice would you give to university sports students who want to pursue a career in the sports industry so it's a little bit like my daughter who's currently at Cardiff University when she was starting her GCSEs we went in September for a kind of catch up with her, her tutor. So she's 14, she's a kid, she literally just turned 14. And the teacher said, so, okay, uh, academically, oh good, now we need to start building your CV. And I looked at her as if to say, she's 14, she's a kid, are you crazy? Nope, competitive world, you need to start doing it. You need to be doing uh, Duke of Edinburgh, you need to be volunteering, you need to be on committees, you need to be blah, blah, blah. Kids these kids, youngsters these days work in an or live rather in an incredibly competitive environment. I don't envy them at all. So my the short answer to your question is get busy from day one. Um, don't do what I do and have a good day and have a good time at university. You need it's part. This is your pre-career. Yes, it's about making friendships and studying and having a good time, etc. You need to be on it from minute one. You need to plan out the three or four years of your university time, what am I going to do that's going to put me ahead of everybody else when it comes to someone like me at Worcester Warriors getting 50 CVs saying, um, I've got a 2-1 in sports management from XYZ. Okay, what's, where's the point of difference? So where's, where's the, the, the candidate who's done stuff, who's been an organizer, been a manager, been a leader, who's created new things, whether it's volunteering, whether it's having a, um, a job, whether it's running... Um, committees, teams, clubs, whatever, but do not put on your CV, I'm a great rugby player, I played for the county hockey team, don't care. 
Can you type? Can you do PowerPoint? Can you make coffee when, when somebody needs it? Can you look after clients when they arrive? Can you, um, are you a guy we can turn to in an emergency when something goes wrong? Um, so it's qualities backed up by endeavor and being busy. Jim, that is great. I really do hope the listeners take that all on board. How can people interact with you online? So my website is sportsinterim.com and my email address is jim at sportsinterim.com and always open to uh, engaging with anybody. That is great. To all the listeners listening in, all those links will be on my website relating to this blog post. Jim, it's been great chatting with you today. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. What a fantastic sports career insight from Jim, and I really do hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. For all those students who are studying sports business, sports management, sports marketing, all these areas relate to our chat today. And I really do hope you took on board those industry insights, which I find interesting, but from a career perspective, you actually are getting what goes on behind the scenes off the sports field with regards to the business side of the sports industry. But for me, there is one area which is key, and Jim is absolutely right, and I'm also going through this process as well. Building your network, building relationships is the answer in how you create your career journey in the sports industry. But also using your time wisely at university by getting involved in extra activities, societies, volunteering is how you're going to stand out and be different from your CV and cover letter when applying for a role in the sports industry as well. So I really do hope you took on board what Jim was saying during our chat and apply it to your sports career journey going forward today. And good luck. Now, as always, at the end of each interview, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Jim said, you have to build your network early and the sooner you get yourself out there introducing yourself and making connections, the better.